0: I'm going to start by um, talking about the project itself, um, where we started, Um, if I can get this going, there you are, Um, and where we are now and where we're going with the project and why it's important to look at old vines. I think there's been some talk about that today already um, and uh, I'd like to just take it further and give you some context. Now, we all know that there's lots of old vines across the world. Um, I first um, realized that when I did a, a Vendange in um, in Burgundy, in Vaugeau. Um I came into to the Loire. Um, I met uh, Eveline uh, in Sauvignyre. And I saw La on the etiquette. And I asked, how old are the vineyards? And so it went, as I went to Barossa and to Napa, South America. In Spain and Portugal, everything's old. Um, but there's no real peg in the ground, that what what is an old vine? And uh, it could be 16, 26, um, 50 or 150 years old. um, And we in South Africa decided that at some point um, we should peg it at 35 years and older. Um, One of the reasons for that is that with my colleague Rosa Krueger that um, started the project about about 20 years ago, she realized that a vineyard comes into balance physically. in its thirties. It's very similar to us when we grow up. In our twenties um, we live as, as if there's not going to be a thirty. Um, we spend all our money, we party hard, um, and we just carry on as if there's not no future. And then when you, you reach your thirties, in theory um, you lose that habit. Um, some of us, like Ken and myself, um, are still struggling to lose that habit. But um, you start settling down, in theory you've got a job, you've got family, the dog, no more clubbing on the weekends, um, no more late nights. And uh, this very similar to vineyards. Um, what we saw with the analysis that um, Johan showed this morning, the analysis that comes into the cellar from older vine juice is just much better and in balance. You don't have to do too much with that um, to carry on. But the problem with old vines, is, as you can see on the screen, is the financial viability of old vines. Um, in South Africa, we have a problem where we have a 20-year cycle of pulling out vineyards. Um, The one is virus, we had very bad plant material the past few decades. Um, Currently we have very good material, so you can actually plant a vineyard to grow older and uh, mature. But the financial issue is still the problem. So part of what we're trying to do is keep the vineyards in the ground, but also convincing um, growers that if you look after your vineyards right from the beginning, you can actually charge more and charge a premium for the grapes. So, what we stand for is to preserve the old vines, um, but it's also to inspire, as I said, the attitude of planting to grow old. And then um, the certification is very important. Um, that differentiates um, what we're doing. We launched the seal um, last year, and what it shows and promises to consumers is production integrity, quality, aspirational value, and very importantly, traceability. Our planting records date back... Um, to the 1900s. So we're the only country in the world that's got that kind of records and we can prove through industry bodies that those vineyards were planted then and they're really old and we certify that. Um, I think Jonathan is talking tomorrow or the day after next and about research that the Univers- University of Cape Town is doing about consumer perception and it's proved that the consumer is willing to pay an average of 310 rand um, for a bottle of wine that says old vine on the etiquette. And that's first phase of the uh, research, and the second phase now is now that the seal is on with the planting date, what effect that will be on sales. And that, that goes back to um, the farmer and the grower uh, and the worker, which is very important for us. It's not only about the village prices, but people as well. Um, Shell Blanc in South Africa, when we started this old vine project, we had just on, under 3,000 hectares 35 years and older, we now stand on three and a half thousand hectares, which means that vineyards are being kept in the ground, and a testament to that is what we, what I've seen with the cooperatives, because 85% of old vines in South Africa falls under the cooperative system, and I'm trying to convince them to save the vineyards and not pull them out and replace them with more profitable um, products like vegetables, or citrus, or avos, or butternuts. Um, so in a way, we are convincing people to save it. That's just to show um, you can see Chenin Blanc is the um, biggest plantings, and you've seen heard that earlier as well. Um, and then Sauvignon uh, Sau- Blanc uh, and uh, Semio and muscat Alexandre. those are the cultivars that's old in South Africa. And of the old vines, more than half is old vine Chenin, fifty-two percent. Um, People always think because of the Swartland Revolution that all the old vines are up on the west coast in the Swartland area, it's actually not, it's Paul, Wellington and Stellenbosch um, and then Swartland where um, these old vines reside. And then people always ask why are they unique? Um, first I think as I mentioned they accumulate their reserves. Um, the rootstock is very important, people always think that old vines rootstocks are deep, it's not true, they've actually got a bigger um, root mass. They've got more roots than other than younger vineyards, so they're more established, and they they, they do much better during drought or other uh, challenges. Um, they also have their own agenda. Um, they don't care what we want to do with them in terms of pruning and winemaking. All they need to do is they understand that they are suffering from old vine dying disease. They need to make themselves more attractive to birds, because what they are, their, their DNA says they must procreate. So they make their berries more sexy for the birds to come and carry the, the, the pips and spread and procreate. Um, uh, and then a friend of mine, Johan Kruger, always says that when you work with old vines, it's like speaking to your grandmother. Listen more, because she's been there and she's known what she's doing. So it's be careful, be, be gentle, and listen to the, to the wisdom. And what makes the wine special? I'm not saying that old vine wines are better than younger vine wines, but it's something that's very special with old vines and whenever I go, when I travel across the world, the first thing that winemakers respond to when I ask this question is is complexity. It's mouthfeel, texture and length. The wines are just different and interesting Um, and I think you'll you'll see that. And then going forward, um, why is it important, how are we adding value to everybody in, in a sustainable system with our heritage? Um We look at when I started off two and a half years ago with this project, we looked at old vines, and very soon I, re- I realized there's a peop- lot of people involved in terms of the humanitarian element, so it's the farm owner to make them sustainable and keep the the, the farm workers in jobs as well, and also um, the environment and then the economy as I, as I said. So we try to change the model so in terms of people, um, falco is a major sponsor of the project, and we do every year um, uh, old vine pruning. Um, classes. We just in the last two weeks trained up four vineyard workers to train vineyard workers and we did four classes and we trained 60 people that specialize in old vine pruning. Because old vine pruning is not like regular pruning, um, it's sculpting. Each vine is different from the next. Um, it's like an old age home, each room is different. The box looks different, six o'clock every evening. Each vine is to be treated differently because their context is different. It's not like a bunch of high school kids. You must be very careful with um, and gentle with old vines and respectful. So, as I mentioned, we propagate also plant to grow old. You, you don't have to only look after the old vines. You can, as I said, with certified virus-free material, plant on the correct rootstock on the correct site. You can plant a vineyard and grow very old and be profitable and break the 20-year cycle because that costs a lot of money to replant all the time. And you look at climate change as well. Um, that's been covered earlier. So in terms of the economical impact, um, we've actually seen, I've had phone calls from our members that ask us, because when we launch the seal, it's a slow uptake. Why buy the seal and put it in the bottle? But we're actually getting pulled out of the trade and also in the media. The sommeliers, for example, ask that the seal must be on the bottle because it differentiates the wine, and it, it validates the, the price tag. Um, and in retail as well, we get the same um, effect. So to conclude, we're trying to establish a standard model that will work for the farmer and for long-term for the cultural heritage. I thank you very much for your attention, and I hope you enjoy your day and good afternoon.